Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. NBA playoffs are here. That means you put down five bucks and you get $150 in free plays if that team or if you're a new customer. Doesn't even matter who wins. All right. Now, joined by William Brad Alice. I am merely Mike Luke. Hello, William. I thought the NBA playoffs were over. The well, well, I'll tell you what, why don't we just hop right into the NBA playoffs? Because you and I, longtime Phoenix Suns, we don't, we're not the types that have the uh, freshly minted Chris Paul jerseys. Um, gone back a ways. Here. No, I have a black Barkley jersey. If you want to, and a purple I, Barkley jersey. I have an Oliver Miller one, or a Dan Marley. It's pretty good. Maybe I'll wear that next time. Okay, let's talk about it first and foremost. Obviously, there's an Arizona connection right there. What do you do with DeAndre Ayton? Because again, like he's up for a, a possible supermax type contract, but is he the type of player, Brad, that you can pay that kind of money to? I think it just depends where you're going from here. And if you're going to continue on with this core, with making tweaks, then I think you do it. Um, does that mean you're overpaying for him? Yes. But this is the NBA where you overpay for players, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um if you are going to make a, a series of changes and you think you can get value in a sign and trade, then maybe you do that. Right. Um, my thought is teams are going to pay eight, but will they do a sign and trade where you can get anything uh, a value for him? And I don't know if that is the case um, because, you know, you, you didn't miss on the pick per se. Cause I mean, he's, He's good. Formed about what you, th- I mean, if you told me what was he going to be, an 18 and nine guy, 18 and 10, yeah. 
That's what I kind of thought he was going to be. And in this version of the NBA, I'm not sure a big man can be a transcendental player. Um, Aiton might have been 15 years ago, right. uh, but in the modern game. Um, obviously, was Luca a better player? Yeah. Uh, is Trey Young potentially a better player? Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure you can win long term with Trey Young. But, you know, Aiton is at worst the third best player in that draft. And uh, if you want to keep him, and do or you got to sell when when selling's high um yeah i'm going to use my football team the you chiefs, know what always, chiefs you didn't know what, want to pay tyree kill what he was worth and they got a haul for him um and if they hit on their draft picks it's a good trade and if they didn't it's not so i guess you have to see what's out there what you can get what you can swing you know we've all heard about the rumors for anthony towns i don't know if that's a good trade um but it just depends yeah what direction you want to go our guy, uh, Mike Baldwin, uh, makes a great point there. Mike Baldwin, very good dude. And here's the uh, here's what the rub that's always bothered me a little bit about Aiton is that I can generally tell and I can gauge somebody's aggressiveness based off how many free throws they're getting. And it feels whenever I looked at Aiton and he's averaging two and a half free throws again. And again, we're, we're we come from a different era, but that to me, for a guy that is physically gifted as him, Brad, that just isn't enough. You know, I don't know, though, if that's a fair – it might be a flawed stat because if you watch, there are those games where Aiton dominates and he'll go 8 of 10. Right. And he's still not going to the line. I mean, if you're, you know, if, if you're 13 of 14 or 13 of 15 and you're still not going to the line, I'm not sure what you want him doing. Uh, right. Are there other games where I think he absolutely probably needs to get to the line? Absolutely, yeah. But it's just kind of – it's weird. In, in many ways, in the modern NBA, it's really hard for a traditional big man to draw fouls, as weird as that sound, because all those guys are playing off to try to help out on the, the driver, and those are the guys going to the line. I mean, when we were you know, in the 90s, uh, you know, it was the big men who, who got the bulk of the free throws, and that's why if you had a good free throw shooting big man, you were in good shape. Now it's the guards and the, and, and the wings who go a disproportionate amount of times um, than they did when we were kids. But again, they're not selling for jump shots as much. There's no mid-range jumpers. You're either shooting threes or you're going hard to the, 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 the goal. Okay. Let's talk about the transfer possibilities now for the Arizona Wildcats. Some names. F.A. Abagidi has just uh, come out and named Arizona as one of his final three schools. Be breaking it down a little bit more tomorrow in further detail. But this is a nice little player if Arizona could get him, Brad. Last year, averaged 8.6 rebounds, about 6'10", 225. But where I think he's the most interesting is that he can block shots on the back end. He gives you a little bit of an athleticism presence that maybe a guy like a Ballo or a Tabellus doesn't have. So to me, if you're Arizona and you can get this guy, you feel very good about it. Yeah, he gives you, in reality, a fourth different kind of, of big. Because he's not the same as Ballo, he's not the same as Tubelis, he's not the same as um, uh, as the freshman Anderson, um, mm -hmm. and that's what I kind of like uh, about last year's team. Coloco wasn't the same as those. He's in fact he's he's a poor man's Christian Coloco. He's right. obviously not the defensive player uh, that Coloco is, but he replicates a lot of that. He may not even actually be the offensive player that Coloco is, but uh, you don't necessarily need him to be. But yeah, I think he would be a, a, a nice pickup. Uh, for Arizona, because even if they do wind up uh, with a European big man, the odds of a, a European big man being a shot blocking, uh, 
kind of kind of floor runner big is, is very slim. They're good. You would assume he's going to be more like a Tabellus type. Um, so yeah, getting a guy like that would help. Now he he has to decide: does he want to accept that role at Arizona? Mm-hmm. Does he want to return? I know Washington State return is still a, a slim possibility, but he's probably. 14 points a game there if he wants to be, or is he going to want to be happy with six to, to, to eight in Arizona, but be part of something a, a lot better? Where he also fits in, though, really well, I think, is that you've got on the perimeter right now, you've got guys who, like Pella Larson is a capable defender. Pella Larson's, I think, a capable defender. I don't know that Kirk Kreese is ever going to be a strong defender. That's just you know, not really his thing. So if you can have guys that can really be an impediment on the back end, I think it gives you some more flexibility there. We'll talk about Dalen Terry in a second, but that's the kind of guy that you're looking for. And especially too, with the mystery big man that everybody's been talking about. I don't know that you're planning on him coming in here and being a two block shot type per game guy. So this guy was pretty much unique on the open market when it comes to that, Brad. Yeah, and I think you can mix and match as well. You can put him at center, Tabellus at the four. If you trot out Balo at the four, he can or the five, he can slide to the four. And then you've got two capable, at least, if not good shot blockers there, uh, with Balo also being able to use his wide body to keep guys out of the lane. Uh, so it gives you a lot of advantages in different ways. Um that I think, yeah, he can bring to the table. He's a very versatile guy. And again, a guy who doesn't need to come in and av- try to average 20. He's not going to be unhappy if he's not getting 10, 12, 14 shots a game. Cause uh, well, I hope at least that he understands what he is. And that is a defense first guy. Who's going to get uh, most of his offense um, by being right. aggressive on the boards, by getting putbacks, by being the guy who um, can, can be given the ball when the guy drives and draws the double team as opposed to a, a back-to-the-basket, you know, put your butt down and, and give me the ball. Pratt, have you looked at Philip Borov Cannon's uh, uh, highlights that have come out now, the uh, kid from, um, excuse me, from uh, international uh, kid that just committed to the U of A, well, committed and then just signed? He, I've seen some of them, yeah. It's very difficult to be able to say because, again, like we've talked about before and Jody Ayler, who you said don't dismiss Jody Ayler's hooping ability, but Jody Ayler has said, you know, that that's not the best talent out there for certainly get that. But what I can tell is when a guy's six foot nine, when he's dribbling the ball down the court, when he's crossing people up, when he's shooting step backs, you know, behind the back, that to me is at least what's surprising. And I think KB Thiel just put it like that too. He said, Philly B is a better ball handler. I didn't expect to see that it where, where generally I think you can get fooled is where you're finishing in the rim at the rim and on a six foot four guy, but the ball handling debt generally doesn't lie. No, he's got the ball handling. You look at the form on the jump shot, which looks pretty pure. You look at even there's some clips of him just working out and for at least college, I don't think it works as well for the pros. You're looking for a basic level of athleticism. Right. And I think, you know, this is the one thing, and I, I don't do recruiting like I used to, but I used to get parents calling me all the time, whether they were local parents, whether they were, you know, parents or recruits. Hey, my kid is averaging 20 points a game. Why is he not being recruited? Right. Well, first thing is, what is he? If he's a six four post player, he's not getting recruited. Secondly, look at there's – a D a legit D one high D one recruit is just a different kind of athlete. And a lot of that, you can see the minute you still, we've all been there that early game in Vegas and the B gym where we're going to see one kid on a team and you find the second kid. 
Right. Um, the Jordan Hill story. Right. Uh, in many ways, uh, who was uh, Kirk Walters was that way. Mm-hmm. As as mediocre, probably should have left Kirk Walters at the gym. No, but as mediocre as he was at Arizona, he was a legit Pac-12 type player, and you could see that the minute you walked in the gym, he was just a little different. Right. Um. And and that's the thing is you look at the tape, and he just looks like an alien among the rest of those players. And that and I know it's Serbian D three or whatever Bosnian D three, uh, but he looks different. Uh, but, you know, in many ways, I say when you went out to watch Kadeem carry at CDO, he looked different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our guy, Reggie Robertson, who, again, good player, not looked different. Adam right. Hall looked different. He, uh, I don't care what his stats was in Tucson, Arizona. You can see when a kid is a different level of athleticism. That's what he appears to be. And now whether that transfers into being a two point a game guy at Arizona or a 20 point a game. I have no idea. Right. But the fact is he doesn't look like that far of a, a, a reach. Uh, could he be? Yeah. But he looks like he belongs at least on this level. I expected when I was looking at his highlights, I expected to see some Zabruder film type stuff where you're looking at a guy and you're like, you can't really tell. But now I'm a little intrigued by what the cape possibilities are right there. Also, you don't really know because he hasn't played at the highest level, obviously. So he's one of those kids that the sooner the better he gets in here is, I think, better for him. All right, I want I want to talk to you about Courtney Ramey here in a second. But first, have I told you about the DraftKings Sportsbook app, William? You've mentioned it once or twice. All right, let me tell you again, because you might have forgotten. Code word PHNX. You put in five bucks. I've been telling you all from day one, the Miami Heat are going to win the NBA title. They're one of the final four teams. You could say Mike Luke's an idiot. I don't trust anything he says. I'm going to go against Mike Luke. Certainly your, certainly your choice right there, but I would 100% recommend either way doing that on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Code word PHNX. 21 and up, Arizona-only gambling problem called 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Okay, a guy that has certainly become a name that a lot of people are keeping an eye on right now is Courtney Ramey, Texas combo guard who declared for the draft, but it does look like he's going to withdraw. It sounds like Arizona, West Virginia are the two schools he's looking at. A lot of people look at the stats, and there's he's averaging 10 points per game, 11 points per game. But, oh, by the way, um, our good friend Rudy Bastille says Mike Luke's an idiot. Rudy, I appreciate you. 1290 days. Um, but uh, <laughs> Ramey, though, is intriguing because if you watch the Houston game, William, if you watched you know the TCU game, which I know you did, Arizona's one thing is that they had a very difficult time contra- containing dribble penetration. And I think you made the point, too, while Justin Kyer is solid, Justin Kyer is, was not a dynamic athlete. He was not a great, you know, lateral movement type guy. Courtney Ramey is a very good defender. He can move. He was considered one of the best perimeter defenders in the Big 12. He probably doesn't start if he comes here, but there's certainly a unique role for him as there would be F.A. Abigidi because there's not really anybody else on the roster like him. No, and again, with, with him, I think the big decision comes down to does he want to accept a role? Well, you're still going to play a lot. Uh, at Arizona, where you might have a legit chance of of a Final Four, mm-hmm. where even by just being in the presence of some of these guys, you're going to help your draft stock, right? Because assuming Dalantari comes back, assuming you know Tabellus improves, assuming uh, some of these young guys improve, NBA scouts are watching your games, right? Um, but 
if you go to West Virginia, and I know the West Virginia fans seem to be all over the place about this guy, you're probably going to start on a team that is going through a massive overhaul and may or may not be good. And I have no idea. It's hard to bet against Bob Huggins, but they are also, they were awful last year. Right. Uh, Arizona is going to be good to great this year, depending. And you could be a key piece of that. So do you want to come in and you might be in the Justin Kyer role? And frankly, if Justin Kyer was a better athlete, no offense to Justin Kyer, uh, he'd be on draft boards, even with his limited play, because again, good coaching, uh, good competition. Uh, and you know, the thing people forget NBA scouts don't really care about your statistics. They, they want to see how you project. And the right. problem is Justin Kyer doesn't project as an NBA type player. Like, just like Raleigh Alcas didn't project as an NBA mm-hmm. type player, just as a lot of these guys, there's a certain type, which is ironic because Dallin Terry did not have great numbers and, but projects as an NBA type player, which is why they're conceivably, he could stay in the draft, even though he averaged what eight points a game last year. Right. So that's what he has to decide. Do you want to be the bigger fish with maybe less chance to improve or do you want to come to Arizona accept a role, but maybe be a guy who could play his way into the draft, even as a backup uh, by getting on that stage in, in March as well. So that, that's a big decision for him. Um, but one that I think is an interesting one that could be a difficult decision because again, a lot of kids just want to score and I don't blame them. You know, <laughs> the NBA or, is not a guarantee, but maybe being a starter at West Virginia is. One thing, though, that I think we found about Gonzaga and what we've also found now a little bit about Arizona is I don't think that you ever worry per se about scoring. I think the things that you worry about, what really could be your Achilles heel, is what are you going to be able to do defensively against really physical teams? You saw that again, the must bus. When Gonzaga ran into the must bus, it got flattened because you had a bunch of physical athletes out there. Arizona, kind of the same way against Houston. So I'd like to see, you know, and that's why maybe I'm so intrigued by uh, Abigidi and why Courtney Ramey, I think, could fit in really nicely here because they bring a little bit more of that quick toughness that if you look on last year's roster, there were some guys, but again, you lost some of them. And on top of that, you need to be able to replace that. So I think that's where both those guys have become at least fascinating for me, William. And the other thing with Ramey is while we assume certain guys are going to move into certain positions, if Ramey's better, he's going to play over Creasa. No, right. no offense to Kirk Creasa. If he's better, he'll jump uh, Pella Larson in the pecking order. Uh, you know, there's no guarantee Dallin Terry's back. Uh, and if so, then his role would get much bigger because Ball and Larson are going to play more at the three. So mm-hmm. there, there's uh, it's there's a lot of questions to still be answered for a team that has a lot of answers already. It's kind of strange. Okay. Now let's, uh, let's just look at the rock, uh, Dave and Terry. It does sound like they're probably, cause he wasn't invited to the five on five part of the, uh, of the combine. So therefore as, or as Kevin Woodman would like to say the tryouts, was he not invited or did he choose not to participate? I've He's not participating in the five on five part. I've seen so. conflicting reports, whether that was his decision or someone else. Either way, I'll take it though, because I think in a five on five setting, he really flourishes because you can see a lot of what he can do. So either way, Dalen, if this was your decision, please stay out. I think you're making the right call there. A lot of this though, does get alleviated though. Obviously if Taylor, uh, Taylor, if Terry does come back because I mean, look at it. You, you're bringing back a six-foot-seven jack-of-all-trades that can make up for a lot of stuff. Then, by the way, if you've got an Abigidi, if you've got a Courtney Ramey, all of a sudden you've got a fairly athletic lineup there that, while certainly doesn't have the scoring punch that maybe last year's did, it can certainly match up with certain teams out there. 
So, yeah, that's the thing with with Ramey, with Terry, with uh, the Washington State big man whose name I don't want to butcher because then F.A. Abigidi. Abigidi. And with a few other options is it transforms Arizona. Right now, Arizona is a very good basketball team if no one else joins this roster, but they're not nearly as athletic as they were. Right. Um, in many ways, they're going to more resemble uh, a good mid-major, mm-hmm. uh, 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 even a, you know some of the lesser teams in the Pac-12. They're just more talented. Right. But if you trot out a starting lineup, let's say, of Tubelis, Balo, Ball, Larson, and Kirkrisa, you're going to win 20-something games. Right. You're going to compete favorably in the Pac-12, especially with some of the hits that UCLA has taken in, in the past few weeks. Um, but you don't have that extra gear you might be able to get to, which they did last year. You're maybe stuck in fourth gear. There's no fifth gear because you're not quite as athletic. Right. Uh, conversely, you add Dallin Terry, who is at the very least wildly athletic. You add... Uh, these uh, uh, even one of these other pieces, and you suddenly that potential to be that team that can just beat you now in a third way, whether it's defense, offense, or 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 just run you off the floor, uh, becomes uh, an issue. And again, it also helps your depth, which uh, the poster down there said. But that depth can be acquired elsewhere as well. But whether you can get the quality athletic depth of these three guys remains to be seen because there's other options out there. They're right. just not quite as good of options maybe as these three guys. Okay. Switching over to football. And again, we, I know I, I always love the viewer numbers. They go down immediately. So, uh, uh, just, oh, we're not talking softball, uh, regional D- disclaimer right there. All right, Brad. Um, but I did want to talk a little bit of football with you. We're, what people are asking, I've had a couple people ask this to me and I asked Glenn Parker the other day, and he says to me, or I asked him, I said, what do you need to see out of the U of A defense this coming year? And Brad, that's the question that I wanted to ask you too. Because again, I'm not looking for a repeat of the 85 Bears, but what will progress look like for Brad Alice? You know, this is going to sound crazy. I think the defense was okay last year. I did too. Uh, it wasn't good, but it was good enough that if you had a competent offense, you would have won more games. Right. I mean, it was better than most of the defenses Rich Rod trotted out there. Right. And I know we're going to have a different scheme. We're going to have a, a, a you know different coordinator. Um, but they also, I think, have the potential to be a better defense. You look at the transfers they brought in: the D lineman from UCLA, the linebacker from slash Russian from USC. Right. Um, the continued. Uh, evolution and, and, and development of some of these guys. Again, if you can be middle of the pack, you know, sixth to eighth in, in the league, uh, that's a huge improvement. Right. Um, what I really just want to see is I don't want to see a glaring last year. There were some times when the safeties just looked awful. Mm. Like they didn't belong playing for uh, Arizona Christian, much less uh, a pac 12 school. Um, you know, there were times when they, lo- they looked very thin in the middle when there were some of those games with the injuries. I just want to see them look better. Right. Um, but numbers-wise, in the Pac-12, if you can consistently hold teams to the mid-30s, you're going to win a lot of games. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the under 50 is not that ridiculous. So, yeah, I just want to see them be a little bit better than last year. But 
the the side of the ball I really need to see improvements on his offense because the offense at times most of last year just was not very good. Uh, and again, I'm hoping that is quarterback play and not coaching, but w- we'll see. Now, offensively, as Rudy said, as you put holding teams under 50, I know that we're actually, you know, we're, we're aiming big here and hopefully, hopefully that works out. Offensively, though, last year, we can be honest, last year was an absolute train wreck as well. I would imagine whoever the quarterback is, at least you know that you have somebody competent on there at this point there, William. Yeah, I mean, in, in reality, if it is Delara, which I expect, if it is uh, Fafita, or if even if it's McLeod, I think you've got three guys who either have shown the ability to be capable starters in the Pac-12 or who has shown the ability in Fafita's case. Again, if you're dipping down to Cruz or, or, or Plummer because of injury or, or God forbid, something else, then, then yes, I'm, I'm very worried. Right. Um, but those three, you know, McLeod showed me enough in the, in the games he played in. I'm fine he, with McLeod as a backup. Yeah, and, you know, if he had to be your spot starter, I mean, you take out two picks against Oregon, he played a pretty darn good game. Now, some of those picks were atrocious. He was really good against UCLA until he got hurt. Um, I can't say the same about the other two kids. But I expect it to be Delara, and I would not be surprised if Fafita doesn't get some run at, at times. Um, but, you know, if Delara can be – 90% of the guy he was at Washington state last year. And I'm taking off some because of just my worries about the line. I think this can be a capable offense again, assuming that most of the issues we saw with play calling with play execution were more on the quarterback, not reading the right play, not checking into the right things than it was with Jed fish. And even with Jed fish calling the plays, you know, there's this belief out here that the, the that what we saw against NAU is the is the ceiling for the program. Jed Fish, if he if some of those play calling were his fault, can grow as a play caller. Will right. he? I don't know. Um, but I I see this thing. Well, the Jets sweep to the short side. Well, there's actually some some reasons you do that, and it's to get. It's not to gain yardage. It's actually to get the cornerback and the safeties and the linebackers to be in different places next time. Uh, you run a different play. There's, you know, the, there's some, some very interesting articles I read because I used to yell at it too. Like, why are you running that? Well, there's some reasons to do that. So maybe again, if if you believe that he was trying to play chess with with checker pieces, then 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 maybe there's some confidence. On the other hand, again, maybe it was just bad play calling. There's not a lot of times that we talk U of A baseball on the show, but I will say that I become a little intrigued by this team. Um, a lot of people had strong opinions about Chip Hale. Let's talk about this team so far. This is essentially the team that can lose to Arizona Christian in baseball, but then they can beat the number one ranked team in the nation two out of three times at home. You know, just from a casual observer perspective, William, what have you thought of this first year of the uh, Chip Hale regime? You know, to me, I, I've i never been overly concerned about Chip Hale as the on-the-field guy. Um, I know some people didn't like what he did at, at, at the major league level, but I— it's apples and oranges. Chip Hale knows baseball. Right. My bigger concern is can he recruit at a high level? Which, and again, I don't know enough about baseball recruiting to know if these guys he's getting are good. They're they're rated pretty well. Um, you know, and and, and I'm a little biased because actually a guy I play hockey against son just got a scholarship, so he's coming to Arizona as a pitcher. Um, so can he get the right guys? And then can he do all the things that a college baseball coach has to do? 
um, be a father figure, uh, keep guys out of trouble, keep guys on track to graduate, juggle 11.7 scholarships, um, you know, go into a weekend series with three healthy pitchers because, you know, so uh, I don't know. You know, I was there actually Friday night for the game where they were down and then they got up and then they got down and, um, you know, so we'll see. I think it's I think it's something where we have to look two or three years from now to see how Chip Hale is. Um, you know, that midseason swoon worries me a little bit, but you know, this wasn't ever going to be a one year resume. Just, I think it's way too early to, to, you know, jettison from Caitlin Lowe just because Arizona dipped this year because we all knew it was going to be, be a rebuilding job. Um, that being said, yeah, there were some concerns out there when baseball does lose what two of three to, uh, G- Grand Canyon, Grand Canyon, and, correct. And uh, you know the the women's team, despite getting into the tournament, I think finished last in the Pac-12. Um, so yeah, those are concerns. But I think it's way too early. Um, guess like it was way too early to to make a past judgment on on Jed Fish. The good news is, I think we can give Tommy Lloyd a thumbs up. And as long as he continues to recruit at a decent level, it'll always be thumbs up on Tommy Lloyd. All right, before we sign off here again, DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. Put in five bucks, you get $150 on these games right here, but you got to be a new customer. Again, if you think I'm an idiot, go against the Miami Heat tonight. If you think I'm smart, go with the Celtics, or if you, whatever, go with the Celtics. But it doesn't really matter because if you're a new customer, you get all that free money right there. All right, William. Tuesdays with William is always a big thing. See you back here next Tuesday? Yeah, unless you replace me with Maury. I will not. Oh, well, that was a vague reference. Sorry. I, I don't. I don't. You're gonna have to explain that one. Uh, Mike Lupica, Lupica, the sports writer for the Detroit Free Press, wrote a book called Tuesdays with Maury, where he went and interviewed his uh, uh, Maury Povich, dying, dying mentor, uh, who was his editor, um, and wrote a book, and it was a bestseller. And that's why we don't see Mike Lupica write much sports anymore because now he's a motivational writer. All right. Well, either way, so I'm basically like- interviewing an old guy. <laughs> <laughs> William, you are not an old guy. William, anybody that can play hockey and anybody that can coach baseball is still young at heart. Hey, don't forget the volleyball team. We're, they're five and two. There we go, right there. Man of all seasons. He's Brad Alice. I'm Mike Luke. Thanks so much. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. Mm-hmm.